Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the jazz session. I'm Jason Crane. This is the Rochester International Jazz Festival edition, day six. This night did not work out the way I intended, but it worked out far better than I had planned. Except for the the part of the night in which I'm recording this actual show, because I've already done it once. But when I sat back down at the computer at whatever time it is now, 12.30 or something, uh, I realized that I had never pressed the record button, which is one of the difficulties of staying up till 3 o'clock every night and bringing you all these shows and then getting up and going to work in the morning. But anyway, I'll do it again, and I'll try to be as, as sparkling and witty and charming and effervescent as I was in the first go-round, which should not be a, a hard bar to clear, that's for sure. Most of what happened to me tonight happened at the Montage Grill, and I'm going to get to that in just a minute. And there'll also be a, another separate podcast featuring my interview with Matt Wilson tonight. But before that, I do want to bring you uh, one sound from Jazz Street. And that is the Webster Schrader High School Jazz Band. Now, one thing that happens at the festival every day, starting at 4 o'clock and going till about 6, is you get a couple of high school jazz bands in the evening who play on the free outdoor stage on Jazz Street. I think that's a fantastic idea for a couple of reasons. One, it gives these kids a chance to play before appreciative crowds of jazz fans. And often those crowds are quite large. I mean... If there's good stuff in the clubs around, uh, you might get a pretty decent-sized crowd of people when you're out there playing. The other thing is it gives jazz fans uh, and folks who maybe don't have kids in any of these schools a chance to kind of survey the high school jazz scene. And as someone who spent a lot of time playing jazz in high school back in the late 80s and uh, very, very early 90s, I got to tell you, things have really surpassed the level that we were at when I was in a high school jazz band, these kids play some really amazing music and there's some soloists who, you know, rival, I think a lot of the, the first and second year college kids that I've heard. So this is just a little taste of what it sounds like in the Webster Schrader high school when their jazz band plays.
we move now from the outdoor jazz street stage, kind of across the street, down the alley, to the Montage Grill. The Montage Grill, by the way, is the kind of front part of the old Masonic Theater. There's actually a big, unused theater needing extensive renovation, kind of concealed in the building behind the club. And uh, Frank Sinatra sang there. A lot of famous people I know played the Masonic Theater back in the day. But in the front part of it, the Montage Grill was constructed. And it was this very elegant supper club that was one of the, the best spots to be in the first several years of the festival. And it changed hands a number of times and ended up as a heavy metal club. But the the folks who had it, two or three people before the metal owners, decided to bring it back into the jazz fold. They redid the inside again. So it doesn't look quite like it looked before, but it's still quite lovely. And they redid the stage, a brand new sound system, and it's it's been reborn. So I went there tonight because I had, uh, well, first of all, I wanted to see Matt Wilson's Arts and Crafts Band. They're touring in support of the new album, The Scenic Route, which I love passionately. It's a wonderful record, and you must have it, so go get it. And then I had set up an interview with Matt following uh, the first set. So I went in, and using the the mighty power of my media pass, you know, kind of got in... Although I waited in line, I was then let in early. So I got a seat right in front and was able to catch just this little snippet at the end of the sound check of bassist Dennis Irwin and pianist-organist Gary Versace. Dennis is also a very skilled clarinet player, as you'll hear in this little clip. at the end of that clip that the crowd was starting to come in and folks were finding their seats and a friend of mine from the jazz world who I hadn't seen in a couple of years came over and sat down at my table and told me this story. Jane Natoli, Fairport, New York. My 13-year-old son uh, had been playing jazz drums and he saw the vibraphone and said he wanted to take vibe lessons. So I said, well, that's, that's good. We need to find a place for you to to learn how to study and so he signed up at Eastman Community Music School and started studying with Dr. Howard Potter and the vibraphone is not a very easy instrument to find to practice you need an instrument to practice on so I purchased a a small set of bells for him and it was good but it wasn't a vibraphone so he he got online and emailed Joe Locke and he said I'm a 13 year old a uh, vibraphone student from Rochester, New York. I'm having a very difficult time finding an entry-level set of vibes or a used set of vibes. You know, any information you could provide me with to give me a lead would be very helpful. So Joe wrote back to him, and he was thrilled that, that Joe wrote back to him. And uh, they exchanged emails back and forth. And then two jazz fests ago, Joe was in this club in the montage, and... He was, wasn't performing, he was just here, and I, I saw him, and I didn't know him at all, 
And I pointed him out to my son. I said, that's Joe Locke. He said, I have to meet him. Introduce me to him. So I went over and I said, hi, Joe. My name is Jay. You don't know me, but this is the kid who's been emailing you about vibes. So he couldn't have been like more gracious, the nicest guy you want to meet. He was very, very warm and said, you know, I, I think I might be able to, to help you out and I might have some leads on an instrument. So my son was absolutely thrilled. And uh, we developed this relationship. And to make a very long story short, Joe was able to, uh, he had a, an extra set of vibes in, in his uh, apartment in New York City. And uh, we were able to go down. He called us and we went down to his, his house and he pretty much gave him the vibraphone and the rest is history. And, and so he's actually given my son a lesson. And when he comes to town, we, we get together. Last time he played in town, uh, he actually called me and he said, uh, Jay, I need a favor. I said, anything. He said, uh, I need to borrow Andrew's vibes for a gig. I'm like, Joe, they're your vibes. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to ask me. And uh, so, you know, and that was even more fun that we got to go down and, you know, give, you know, give him the vibes. And it's been, uh, it's been great. I can't say, you know, he's been very, very supportive. He sends my son CDs. He sends him DVDs. He sends him books to practice with. And he says that he really sees a lot of himself in my son just as like you know as a teenager like this kid playing this odd instrument because you don't really find you know too many most people don't even know what it is so that's the joe lock story so after that the band came on and just completely demolished the place you can write this down right now the first set of matt wilson at the montage was the single best show of the festival and i gotta tell you anything that could follow it and 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 surpass the level of intensity of that show a is difficult for me to imagine and b would have to be something really almost unheard of it was an amazing 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 show uh they played almost everything uh, that they played came from the new record and it ended with this beautiful tune called feel the sway and if you listen to the matt wilson podcast you can hear an example of that but it, it ended with the entire crowd. Matt asked everybody to stand up, and it's this kind of slow... Well, here's a little bit of what it sounds like. So that was playing, and while it's playing, Matt gets everybody to close their eyes and just kind of sway their bodies back and forth a little, just the kind of natural sway of your body, and then sing that feel the sway now over and over again. And it was everybody left just on a high. But I didn't leave, and I didn't leave because I was supposed to interview Matt, and there was you know a line of people who wanted him to autograph CDs and drummers who wanted to talk shop and that kind of thing. And so I was just sitting there at a table, and at a table, a couple tables away from me, 
uh, was sitting Don Thompson, who is a very wonderful singer and guitarist. And in fact, she had performed one song during the first set, one of the Carl Sandburg pieces that Matt wrote music for. So Don was sitting there and Michael Rodriguez, the trumpet player who was on the band tonight, and Gary Versace, the organ and piano player. And I could swear that I heard Michael McDonald impersonations coming from the table. So I picked up my recording gear and I went and I sat down at the table. And then I made a very rookie mistake, which is that I told them that I was recording and asked them to do the impressions again. And they clammed up. So I sat back away from the recorder, but I I didn't turn it off. And a conversation started about where to have dinner, and I was suggesting Golden Port. And so what you're going to hear now is a little bit of the conversation between a set of very funny people, myself excluded, and uh, you're going to hear just how the band sounds talking to each other. I think it's pretty illuminating, and it's just fun. And then you will hear a Michael McDonald impersonation. After all that happened, Matt and the band, they were going to have dinner, and they asked me to come along. And as I've said many times in the past, I'm not one of these jaded jazz critics who's seen it all, who could care less, and who thinks no one is as good as anything that came before. I'm still a guy who uh, really gets excited when I get a chance to hang out with these people who make this music. And so for me, it was a big thrill to go and have dinner with the band, and we had a very lovely dinner at Golden Port, which is a great dim sum restaurant in downtown Rochester, right in the heart of the Jazz Fest turf. We had a lovely dinner, went back to the club, and then Matt and I did the interview that you'll hear on the Matt Wilson podcast, following which the band played another ridiculous set that ended with their version of two tunes, Our Prayer written by uh, Donald Eiler, Albert Eiler's brother, and Give Peace a Chance. And the uh, the Give Peace a Chance ended up again with the entire crowd singing. And then Matt picked up his snare drum, put a strap on it, and walked out into the street with about six or seven probably college-age kids running after him, also singing, and then marched back through the club. And it ended with this beautiful kind of very quiet singing of all we are saying is give peace a chance. It was just an amazing, amazing night. So uh, I ask you to please tune in to the Matt Wilson podcast, which you'll find up at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes and wherever you found this. And then come back uh, tomorrow because there's going to be lots more good stuff. Also, uh, 
a great day shaping up on Friday. I've got interviews lined up with Don Byron and Jason Moran. So make sure you're listening on uh, Friday evening because I'll be bringing you some great stuff from the festival. Tomorrow, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm going to try to line something up with Conrad Herwig, who's doing his uh, Latin side of Miles Davis project. And uh, Michael Rodriguez is actually playing in that band. So uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to, to chat with those guys. Anyway, until tomorrow and day seven of the festival, I'm Jason Crane. This is the Jazz Session, and I thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Bye.